On this week's Adam Schefter podcast, as mandatory minicamps get into full swing, we'll be joined by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback, Jameis Winston, who's headed into a critical option year on his contract. And we'll be joined by the Giants wide receiver, Sterling Shepard, who must try to step up and help replace Odell Beckham Jr., who was traded to Cleveland during the offseason. And we'll take your Ask Adam questions. But first, the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jameis Winston. Jameis, tell me what it's been like so far to work with Bruce Arians. So many people have made so much about your relationship with him. I'd like to hear from you what that's been like. Man, it's really been a blessing. Uh, just just really about the people that he has around the quarterback position. Uh, having, like, you know, greats like Coach Moore, uh, having Coach Clyde Christensen in the QB room, and having someone that I can relate to that has played the game and played under his system and Byron Leftwich as the offensive coordinator. And he kind of heads the whole thing. Like, I'm getting coached by him, Coach Coach Byron's getting coached by him, and Coach Clyde is getting coached by him. So it's always, you know, it's, it's parallel energy, and it's about the quarterback execute. You know, Clyde Christensen's got a lot of great relationships. All these men do. Has anybody mm-hmm. like Peyton Manning reached out to you on their behalf to just talk to you about what it's like to work with these men? Uh, no, sir, not not yet. But uh, I, I'm sure in, in the near future I get a chance to uh, to chop it up with one of those guys. Uh, but I mean, I think it's just it's just so cool uh, knowing the experience and the pedigree that they hold, and going out there and competing with them and working with them every day. Jameis, what is it like for you to go into this season knowing that it's the final year of your contract, your fifth year option? They picked up the option. You don't have a new deal. There have been quarterback extensions given out across the league. You don't have one. What is your mindset with something like that? Well, you know, I, I, like every year, uh, every game, really, I try to I try to play uh, like it's my last game. But uh, but growing up, you know, I always wanted to be a professional quarterback. And having a year where you know nothing is guaranteed is it, solely up to me to go out there and perform and uh, win some football games. Uh, it just gives you that extra drive and sense of urgency uh, to to be your best. What made you want to be a quarterback? You talk about growing up as wanting to be a quarterback. Uh, I just wanted to be the person to touch the ball all the time, man. I, I didn't I didn't want to to sit back and watch everybody else touch the ball. <laughs> I wanted to touch the ball every play and, and, and have some some type of uh, leadership to just lead the pack. Now that you are that quarterback, Jameis, what is the hardest part of your job? Uh, the toughest part of my job is 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 just competing against myself every single day. Uh, I, I try to consider myself as a perfectionist, so I, I want to be perfect every single time. And sometimes that leads to uh, trying to overdo something, and that's why I'm learning how. Like sometimes you just gotta, you know, take a sack. Sometimes you just gotta throw the ball away. You know, sometimes you just gotta take the check down. But I'm consistently trying to compete against myself to to, you know, go through progression and complete this pass. And everything, I want everything to be perfect, but it's football. Everything ain't going to be perfect. Does a coach like Bruce Arians or Byron Leftwich help you get past that? Yeah, I think B.A. Uh, helps me get past that uh, literally every day, you know, because he le- he lets you know, like, hey, it's okay. We'll take that one. You know, if, if the defense gets to him, you say, oh, okay. We, we, we'll punt to him. Now it's our defense turn, you know. So just that uh, – that 
that affirmation coming from him and, and from uh, and from Byron uh, is, is really good. Now, I'm not trying to bring up a bad subject or anything, but didn't I hear that you threw three picks on the first day of mandatory minicamp, Jameis? No, you heard it wrong. <laughs> I heard I threw, right. uh, <laughs> Someone said that. <laughs> so, I was in a meeting. They were saying, hey, Jameis threw three picks. And I bring that up only because I was going to ask you, last year we heard a lot about Patrick Mahomes throwing a lot of picks in yeah. minicamps. And sometimes it doesn't matter. Quarterbacks are experimenting with things. They're trying out things. And I was wondering if there was any validity to it. But obviously it's not true. No, I, I didn't throw three picks, but I threw two. <laughs> ah, ah, okay, so I was off yeah. by one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, 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 th- I threw two, but uh, it's 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 all in learning the scheme and man, I'm 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 out there. I'm I'm taking chances at practice. You know, uh, I I I, I want to go through my reads. I want to be in the right place, but when it's time to take a chance, I'm going to take it. Right. So is it okay to do that during minicamp to try those things to see what does and doesn't work I, for the start of the season? I don't think it's never. I don't think it's ever okay to turn the ball over. But uh, like I said, with having coaches like BA and Byron, you know, they're like, okay, put it behind us. Let's go to the next play. James, last year when we talk about completing passes, taking chances, you did complete a career high sixty four point six percent of your passes. You posted a career high QBR sixty eight point three. What was the difference last year that enabled you to do those things? I just was going out there and trying to do my job. Um, you know, it was a it was a rough beginning of the year, but I, I just knew I had to just go out there and do my job and, and do my best to execute or try to put our team in a position to win. And this year, when you try to win, how do you replace guys like Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphreys at the wide receiver position? Uh, I I, th- I think we got some good young guys to come in with, with Scotty Miller Miller uh, coming from Bowling Green. He he being kind of like that Adam Humphreys type guy um, with great quickness and great speed. Uh, with Deshaun Jackson, man, it's it's tough to find a guy like Deshaun Jackson uh, anywhere on any team, you know. But I think Brashad Perriman has came in and done a great job with taking the top off the. Uh, off the defenses, and we've been connecting uh, very well. So, uh, you know, and obviously when you got number 13, Mike Evans, mm-hmm. uh, I, we'll, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. In addition with Chris Godwin, he's stepping up. You know, he's going to be excited to, to have his true uh, raw receiver one role on the opposite side of, of Mike. And, uh, bro, we got a lot of weapons. I mean, I didn't even mention O.J. Howard and Cam Bray. You know, those two guys, uh, Cam is going to have a, a healthy season. Shoot, probably in the last two years where he's had he's coming into a season really healthy. Yeah. So uh, we got a lot of weapons, man. We just got to make the most of them. O.J. has a chance to be a great, great tight end. Yes, he does. If he stays healthy, right? Like, what do we see in O.J. Howard that makes him stand out? Uh, he's just he, – he, he's a learner. He loves learning. He loves competing, and uh, and and OJ's is a football player, man. He he wants to make a play. You know, we, we you find times of 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 me just talking like OJ run the route this way, but when you look at the film, I mean, he basically just bullied the linebacker, caught the ball, and took the thing to the house. You know, so he finds ways to make plays, and and he always finds a way in the end zone. No matter if he got to take it 75 yards or he got to jump over somebody's head or take it away from a defender to uh, to get it. Jameis, when I, asked him, when I asked you about replacing those weapons, you brought up Scotty Miller, the sixth-round rookie draft pick. 
Can Scotty Miller contribute to this offense this season? Oh, he can. He can. He can do it right now. Uh, he 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 came in prepared. Uh, he came in uh, with a desire to, you know, like Adam came in because Adam and I came in together, mm-hmm. and you could just see the look in, in Adam's eye that he was ready uh, for this level. He was ready to to prove uh, his worth. And I think Scotty Miller has definitely done that uh, in OTAs and in minicamp of of really uh, getting these getting these DBs and that whole defense to respect him. And what about the running game this year? Because you guys in other years have struggled to find the run game you've needed. Who's going to step up there? Who are you expecting to make a difference? Well, uh, Payne Barber, uh, I, I, I think he is a prolific running back. And uh, the, the runs that he does make is, is very, very uh, – you know, hard nose and, and north and south, and but Ronald Jones has had a very impressive uh, OTA and minicamp. Uh, you know, him coming off his rookie year, he's definitely excited to to make that next step uh, to being a premier back for us. So I think I think we got uh, a lot of other young guys too um, that are that are going to be uh, they're going to be able to help us out. We got a nice nice back and and Sean Wilson. Uh, from Duke, uh, he does a lot of great things of in the backfield and out of the backfield. And we also got my dog uh, Ellington. Oh yeah. So he's six. Six, is, six has been playing great. You know the the type of things that BA loves to do uh, with uh, expanding their running back out and, and having five man pros and creating matchups between the running backs and linebackers. He's definitely. Uh, I'm I'm happy that we got him, who's been in this uh, offense and knows how to make plays happen. They loved Andre Ellington out in Arizona, and he struggled to stay healthy. But when he was healthy, I thought that guy could always make plays. Now you use the word premier with Ronald Jones. Can Ronald Jones be a premier back? I, I really believe. I really believe he can. Um, from from his first year to his second year, um, I'm. I, I'm so proud. I'm so proud of Ronald, Ronald Jones and the transition that he that he made. Um, but before we left, we broke. I, I had a I had a conversation when I was like, "Hey, Rojo, uh, you can be a great back uh, in this league, but you have to take it upon yourself uh, and decide if you want to do that." And and I can tell by the way that he came back ready that uh, he made the decision that he wants to be a great back. Before I let you go, Jameis, wanted to ask you about what it'll be like. To go up against Gerald McCoy, not not once but twice in a year. <laughs> uh, I think I think it'll be fun. Um, you know, obviously I'm I'm learning every year how how the NFL business is. <laughs> uh, you know, but Gerald McCoy definitely one of the best men, one of the greatest men that I knew. Um, definitely sad to to see him not being a buck, but definitely excited to play against him. I mean, I know he's gonna have a chip on his shoulder, even though he doesn't need a chip on his shoulder. I mean, the guy's a six-time Pro Bowler and probably going to be a Hall of Famer one day. But I know he's going to have some type of uh, heat towards us, so I'm going to be excited. And uh, I'm, I'm ready to hit him with a with a double cadence to get him to jump off sides and uh, get in his head a little bit. And uh, and just uh, he probably try to talk 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 about the Lord to me uh, while he's out there on the field. You know, he's a great Christian guy, so I'm excited. I'm excited to play against him and uh, and compete against him. So you're going to get him to jump off sides, and he's going to give you a biblical lesson. Is that really the summation <laughs> of the afternoon? Uh, most likely, most likely. Uh, I know if not, I know we'll pray together after the game. So. Uh, <laughs> It's a win-win on my side. And you mentioned the business of the NFL, a lot you've learned. What is the biggest thing that you've learned about the business of the NFL before I let you go today, Jameis? Uh, every day, every day you're earning a spot.
Uh, it's not a day that goes by where you're not playing for your job. Uh, even even myself. I mean, being a first a first round first pick of the draft. You know, every day I still got to play for play for my spot. Well, good luck this season, Jameis. Good luck in the option year, your fifth year option, as you head into a, an important season with your new head coach, Bruce Arians. I really appreciate taking some time today. Enjoy talking with you, and wish you the best of luck this season. All right, man. Thank you. Take care. We'll be back in a moment with Sterling Shepard. But first, I want to tell you about BetterHelp. Is there something that interferes with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? If so, BetterHelp Online Counseling is there for you. BetterHelp offers licensed professional counselors who are specialized in issues such as depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem, and more. Connect with your professional counselor in a safe and private online environment. Anything you share is confidential, and so it's convenient. Get help at your own time and at your own pace. You can schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist. If you're not happy with your counselor, you can request a new one at any time for no additional charge. Best of all, it's a truly affordable option, and my listeners get 10% off your first month with discount code Adam. So why not get started today? Go to betterhelp.com slash Adam. Simply fill out a questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counselor you'll love. Betterhelp.com slash Adam. All right, joining us now, the Giants wide receiver, Sterling Shepard. And Sterling, the summer break is just about upon us. Just curious, what do we got planned for the summer ahead? Yeah, so um, I'm with Jordan, so uh, we go on like a little annual trip, uh, and this year we're going to south of France. Uh, I believe it's Monaco, so uh, that's about the only trip <clears throat> that I have uh, that I have planned out. But I'll be training throughout that trip. Meaning the Jordan brand is taking you to the south of France. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, I just joined uh, in the middle of last year, so I missed the last trip. Um, I do. I think they went somewhere in Mexico. Uh, last season, so uh, this will be my first trip, and uh, I mean, it's a good trip to start off on. And have you ever been to the south of France, Sterling? No, it's my first time, so I'm pretty excited about it. Have you ever been out of the country to Europe? Um, no, I have not. <laughs> wow! So, what have yeah. you studied in advance to to educate yourself about what you're about to encounter in the south of France? Like, what do you know about the place? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, <clears throat> my wife is um, uh, a model, so uh, she's been uh, everywhere in the world, it, it seems like, and she's just kind of getting me up to beat there. So uh, I'm just using her as my as my guide. When you are there in the south of France, will you be able to put aside training and thinking about football for a week, or is that something that will occupy your time even while you're on vacation? No, I mean, uh, they have trainers out there for us, uh, so I'll be able to stay on top of my game uh, and be able to train while I'm uh, while I'm out there enjoying my time as well. I would imagine there's other athletes making this trip with you as well, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's the whole Jordan brand, so uh, a lot of a lot of different athletes and a lot of the guys that are uh, with the Jordan brand will be there. Does the man himself, Michael, go? Uh, I believe so, but uh, don't quote me on that, though, because I don't really know. And so, have you ever met Michael Jordan before, Sterling? Yes, I actually. Yeah, I met him before. Did you watch him growing up? 
I I did. Well, yeah, towards the end, yeah, I did. Well, because you were born in February of 1993, so you were just a little boy when he was at the height mm-hmm. of his athletic powers. What do you yeah, remember, What do you remember about him as a player? Uh, you know, just watch him. Just um, you know how how he how he takes on the game. Um, I mean, you you look at it in in the history of basketball. I mean, he's one of the guys that um, definitely took his training to a different level, and um, the way he played the game, um, he's just smooth with it. So, uh, it's kind of some of the things that I took is uh, just the training that he put into. Um, the outcome of the game. I, I got to tell you, I'm a little jealous, Sterling. Like, you know, the Jordan brand taking you away, you and your wife away, with a group of other people south of France. Like, sign me up for that. I'm all in for that. That's kind of cool. I, I think it's pretty neat. I got to tell you. Yeah, it sounds like a pretty fun trip. Now, to bring it back domestically, to football, to the United States, to all those things, how much change have you observed in a team where Odell is gone, some of the other players are gone, you had some of the draft picks you did. What What is the difference, and what does it feel like compared to, say, this time last year? Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty much the same. I mean, you got a group of guys that uh, some of them are not caught up on the offense, and, uh, I mean, that's what kind of this period is about is uh, the wide receivers getting on pace with um, the quarterbacks and then uh, getting guys up to speed with the playbook. So uh, it's kind of similar. We talk about the off season, and there were some notable events that transpired. First of all, in March – you saw your friend, your teammate, Odell Beckham Jr., traded to Cleveland. What was that like for you to get the news that he was being dealt to the Browns? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was shocked at first, um, like a lot of people were. Uh, but, I mean, you kind of got to just shift your focus on uh, doing your job. And then, um, you know, just uh, the guys that we have here, uh, I feel like we have a lot of guys that um, can pick up the slack and uh, a lot of playmakers in the room. So uh, I'm not worried too much about that. Uh, you know, you playing this game, uh, sometimes, you know, your friends will leave. And uh, that's just the nature of the business. And, um, yeah, so I, I just kind of – shifted my focus on doing what I have to do and um, getting the guys ready in the receiver room uh, to pick up some of the slack that um, Odell left behind. Now, Sterling, he gets to go play with Baker Mayfield, who, when you were a senior back in 2015, you caught 82 passes for 1,228 yards and 11 touchdowns. What have you told Odell about playing with Baker? Or, better yet, what are we going to see from Odell and Baker together, being that you know them both so well? Yeah, I mean, those are two guys that love the game of football. So uh, you're going to have two guys that are, are competitors at heart. And, um, I mean, they're going to leave it out there all on the field. So, I mean, that's kind of the message that I gave to Odell about Baker. Is, um, he's a baller. He's going to find a way um, for you guys to get wins and, um, you know, get you the ball too. So, uh, you know, it's going to be pretty exciting to see how that works out. Now, one month, exactly one month after your team traded Odell to Cleveland, you signed a four-year extension, included $21.3 million in guaranteed money, and you were one of the first players from the 2016 draft class to be extended. What did that deal mean to you, Sterling? Uh, it meant a lot. I mean, um, besides the fact of just being able to uh, provide for my family, uh, it just shows the the trust that the, the Giants organization uh, has in me in uh, leading this group of wide receivers, and um, that's that's what I what I took from it is um, you know they have a lot of faith that uh, I'll do things the right way and um, you know lead this group of guys.
When you get the financial security that you did in a deal like that, is there anything that you do to celebrate? Is there anything that you purchase for yourself that you always wanted to buy? Anything that you do to commemorate such a milestone achievement? Uh, no, I mean, I actually, you know what? Uh, I, I paid off my mother's house, which is something that uh, I've always wanted to do for her. Uh, she's worked extremely hard to um you know, provide for three kids uh, after my father passed away. So uh, I kind of just wanted to re- reward her with that. And that's something that um, since I got in the NFL, I told her that I was going to do. Um, so I knocked that out of the way, and that was uh, pretty much all. And then uh, I got a, a I got a house for um, my family. Well, sir, for those who don't know, your father died tragically from a heart attack in 1999. You were six years old at the time, I believe. And now you were able to buy this house for your mother. What was her reaction when you found when she found out that you were purchasing this home for her? Oh, she she was extremely excited. Um, you know, it just took a lot of the weight off of her shoulders. Uh, she's such a hard worker. Um, she works for an oil, oil and gas company out of Oklahoma, and um, you know, it just kind of just lifts that weight off of her shoulders and uh, gives her some security. So um, I, I was happy to be able to do that for her. Um, I mean, that was probably the least I could do, um, you know, from what she's done for me. Now, did you say you bought a second home for your family, or is that the home that you purchased for your family, that first home? No. So, yeah, I, I paid off my mother's house, and then um, I got a house out here in Jersey for my immediate family. So that's those are pretty nice ways to celebrate a contract extension. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Does it make you feel any different when you step on the football field after you get a new contract? Like you've got to prove your worth to people and validate what they're paying you that allows you to buy your pay off your mom's mortgage and buy your family a home in New Jersey? No, I mean, I, I try not to put too much extra pressure on myself. Uh, you know, I've been successful doing what uh, I've been doing so far. So that's just what I'm going to continue to do. Now, I saw where you said you were working out with Eli Manning during the offseason and that he impressed you. He had an extra gear or basically took some extra great care of himself. What was it that you noticed about Eli Manning this offseason? And I don't want to put words in your mouth. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, I got a chance to throw with him before camp started up. And, um, you know, I just just noticed him uh, pushing himself. I mean, he's always pushed himself, but, uh, you know, I saw him do a, a, a conditioning session after we got done throwing, and um, that's something uh, – that was one of the first times. I mean, he may have done it all all the times that I've known him, but uh, that's something that I noticed uh, from from the session that we had. Two other gentlemen, two other teammates that I want to ask you about – just what your thoughts have been as you've watched them practice and play and whatnot. Golden Tate, your new wide receiver brother out there. Mm-hmm. What, are, what are your yeah, thoughts I mean, on him? He, yeah, he's a, he's a playmaker. I mean, uh, I think he's led the league or uh, been in the top three uh, yards after catch, and you really get a chance to see why uh, he's able to get those yards after catch whenever you see him on the practice field. Um, so he's a great guy to learn from, uh, a veteran. He's been around the game for a while now, so um, definitely been watching him and uh, picking up some tips. And the other guy I would like to get your impressions of is your first-round draft pick, which I'm sure you'll be asked about over and over and over again, the Duke quarterback Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's starting to get a feel for the offense. Um, it, it's, it's extremely hard uh, being thrown into this thing full throttle. 
uh, as a rookie, and uh, he's handled it great. Um, today he pulled a, uh, a RPO, and uh, everybody was pretty excited <laughs> excited to see him uh, turn on his wheels. So uh, it was pretty cool to see. What was that like watching him turn on the wheels there? It, it was great. I mean, I've heard a lot about it, um, so it, it was it was great to finally see it live. What have you heard about it, Sterling? Uh, I mean, just him carving it up in, in, at the college level. And, um, yeah, I mean, I've seen some film on it. It's just uh, I kind of want to see it live here Here lately. He's just been um, moving around the pocket great and um, dropping dimes. But uh, I kind of want to see that, that, other, um, that other part of his game. And was it impressive? Yeah, it was. I mean, he, he took it about 20, 30 yards. So uh, that's a good game. <laughs> Now, before I let you go, Sterling, you were born, as I mentioned, in Norman, Oklahoma. You went to Heritage Hall High School in Oklahoma, and you've lived now in the New Jersey, New York area for over three years. How does New York and New Jersey compare to Oklahoma? Yeah, so I was actually born in Oklahoma City, but... um... Mm. Yeah, I mean it, it. It's completely different. I mean, uh, you have a lot of a lot of things going on out here in New Jersey and in New York City as well, which is which isn't that far. Um, and Oklahoma is a little bit more laid laid back and relaxed. But um, you know, I've always said that Oklahoma is a perfect spot if you have a family. Uh, so you know, during my time during my time there with my family, it was it, it was great. Um, but yeah, they're, they're quite different. But you just bought the house in New Jersey for your family. Yeah, I did. I mean, <laughs> this is where I spend the majority of my time, so it makes sense for me to buy a house here. Will you one day go back to Oklahoma or is it too early to say? Yeah, too early to say. I'm just kind of, uh, living in the moment right now, um, being here and then getting extended. Uh, so yeah, it's too early to say for me right now. Well, congratulations on the extension, Sterling. Thank you for taking the time today. Enjoy the south of France, and good luck in the upcoming season. Thank you. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. Ask Adam. We should ask Adam. Well, I'm glad you did. Another week, another round of Ask Adam questions that my fine producer, Josh Macri, has put together. And Josh, appreciate you putting together those questions and appreciate the listeners phoning them in. Yeah, the, don't give me too much credit, Adam. The callers deserve a lot of the credit, a lot, and uh, they delivered this week. A lot of really good voicemails we got coming in this week, starting with this one, an interesting one about the Chicago Bears. Hey, Adam, this is Jonah from Michigan. I'm actually a huge Chicago Bears fan, and I'm trying to gauge what's going on with this kicker situation, obviously. Uh, moving off of Cody Parkey, and they've brought in upwards of eight guys to <laughs> their offseason Camps, what are you hearing in terms of how they're sort of they gonna look at any trades as well as some of the college guys that they've brought in? What are your what are your thoughts and what are you hearing about that in general? Well, Jonah, for now they've got three kickers on their roster. They've got Chris Blewett, Elliot Fry, and Eddie Panero, who they traded a conditional draft pick to Oakland for. Now keep in mind, if Panero makes the roster, the Raiders get back the pick. If he doesn't, they don't. So it was a move that had very little downside for the Chicago Bears, very minimal risk. And being that Panero's kick before in the league, I would handicap him as the favorite to win the Bears' kicking job. They've got three kickers in camp. If one of them performs well, he'll win the job. My money's on Panero right now. But if none of them play well, if they all struggle, 
Then they're back to basically surveying the other team's rosters. There'll be teams with two kickers in camp, one of whom will be impressive that they'll have to get rid of. And so the Bears could always opt to add another kicker off waivers, trade another conditional pick. But right now I would handicap it, Jonah, as Eddie Pinero being the favorite. All right, take that to the bank. Now last week, Adam, we had uh, a caller calling in, asking about the potential of Gerald McCoy going to the Ravens. Obviously, that didn't happen between last week's show and this week's show. Of course, McCoy ended up signing with the Panthers, as we just talked about, with uh, Jameis Winston. But we do have another voicemail pertaining to the Ravens and if they could be making moves on their defensive line. Hey, Adam, my name's Matthew King. I'm from Cambridge, Maryland. And I was wondering, with the Baltimore Ravens, there have been some rumors about Jadavion Clowney being traded before the season. And I was wondering if Baltimore could potentially be a landing spot. And if not, could the Ravens potentially make a trade for somebody else since they have some cap space for next year to maybe use? Well, Matthew, thanks for the question. I would say this, that Jadevian Clowney's in Houston. And right now, Houston has a vacancy at general manager. So we don't even know who's going to be making the decisions on personnel in Houston, so it's tough to forecast them making a trade of a player, even though I do think that they'd be open to moving Clowney. They had conversations with the Kansas City Chiefs at one point. The Chiefs decided to trade for Frank Clark instead. I could see the Texans being open to moving him, no matter who the GM is, but we have to see who the GM is first. Plus, you can't trade Clowney unless he signs his franchise tender. He's not signing that franchise tender unless he has a deal from a new team. So obviously there's a lot of work that would have to be done for a clowny trade. Not to say it can't happen, but again, there's nothing close to happening right now with Baltimore or anybody. Baltimore's always looking dead. Pass rushers, Matthew, it wouldn't be a surprise to see them try to do it again. We're in the season now where it's going to be tough to make a move for a pass rusher. You're probably going to have to wait for the offseason. And I think when the Ravens uh, were drafting and making some of their moves, you saw them draft Jalen Ferguson, the defensive end out of Louisiana Tech, in the third round with the 85th overall pick. That was in an effort to try to generate more pass rush. I think that they want to see what their guys there right now can do. One of the most common topics for Ask Adam all offseason has been Carson Wentz and what yeah. we can expect from him. Let's get another one out there, another question about Carson Wentz and what he'll be this season. Hi, Adam. My name's Travis. I'm from Pennsylvania. And I was just wondering, if Carson Wentz stays healthy, where does he rank in your top five list? Well, uh, Travis, Hopefully he's in the top five because I'm a biased Eagle fan. Yeah. yeah, well, Travis, here's the deal. I don't know what rankings mean. If I tell you he's the number one quarterback in the league, are you going to be any happier? Like, does it matter? But... Basically this, if you go back, Travis, 18 months ago to when Carson Wentz hurt his knee in Los Angeles against the Rams and tore his ACL, at that point he was just playing as well as anybody in the entire NFL. And when the Philadelphia Eagles gave him that contract last week with $66 million fully guaranteed at signing and $107.9 million guaranteed in that deal overall, that tells you that they believe he's back, that they buy into his back being healthy, his knee being healthy, and him being a huge component of that organization for years to come. If he plays the way he did a year and a half ago, he's as good as anybody in the league, Travis. But it doesn't matter to you or to fans. It matters that they're going to the playoffs, competing to get to the Super Bowl, winning the Super Bowl. And if Carson Wentz is healthy, he is that kind of talent. Something tells me that if you had said that Carson Wentz is the greatest quarterback alive, Travis would have slept a little bit better. 
Look, night, well, Travis, but, he's the greatest quarterback alive. <laughs> if that helps you sleep better, yeah, it takes solace in that, Travis. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's stay on the East Coast. Go up the I ninety five corridor from Philadelphia to Foxborough for our next Ask Adam question. Hey, Adam, this is Matt from Foxborough, Massachusetts, and my Ask Adam question is. Out of the three young AFC East quarterbacks, uh, Josh Allen, Sam Darnold, and Josh Rosen, which one provides the most success in a pretty much New England-ran division? It's a good question, Matt. It really is. I'll say this. I, I don't know if we can differentiate between Darnold and Allen. i put them above Rosen right now. I would put them above Rosen. Um Because they've been with their teams, they know what they're getting, and I think that both guys flashed last year, whereas the Cardinals were playing Rosen. Rosen was playing with a bad team. We don't we don't know exactly what he can do. We know he's very talented. We just don't know how he's going to fit. I think he's going to come in this season with a chip on his shoulder. I think he could turn out to be a big acquisition for the Dolphins. But I think I would prefer right now Darnold or Allen. And it's still too early to say. Here's the bottom line to what you're asking, I think, Matt. The Patriots have won that division going away every single year. Every single year. And... I just think now the Jets and Bills and Dolphins are setting themselves up to narrow the gap, close that gap, and so that when Tom Brady walks away 18 years from now, wherever it may be, that they are in position to have more success than they've had the last couple of decades, which isn't saying very much. But I do think that the gap is starting to narrow just because the Patriots can't do this forever. I don't think. I don't think. But maybe they can, Josh. <laughs> Who knows, Adam? They, Yeah, like you said, they've certainly had a stranglehold on the division for the past 20 years. A lot of people are predicting that it'll continue this year. But as we've always seen, there's always that team that goes from worst to first in their division. Yeah. And that actually lends itself to our next Ask Adam question. Hi, Adam. This is Spencer. Uh, and my question to you is, it seems like every year there is a from worst to first um, looking at the divisions. And so my question is, who do you think is the most likely to make that jump? Uh, personally, um, looking at the divisions, I think the Jets uh, may be primed to do so. And if Stan Darnold takes a uh, big leap in his sophomore season. Um, and, you know, the other teams that you got Buffalo and Miami aren't, uh, you know, they aren't the best. Of teams, so who who do you think would be the best, most likely teams to make that jump? Well, Spencer, I I wouldn't disagree with the Jets, uh, although it's hard to see them unseating the Patriots. So it's hard to pick the Jets to go from worst to first. I think I might be inclined to go with a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, who finished last year five and eleven, bottom of the AFC South. Many thought last year that they would get to the playoffs, and they didn't. A year before that, they nearly won the AFC Championship game in Foxborough against those vaunted Patriots. So if I'm going to pick one worst-to-first team right now, it wouldn't be Arizona. I don't think it'd be Detroit. I don't think it'd be Tampa. I don't think it'd be the Giants. Those are the NFC options. The AFC options are the Jets, the Raiders, the Bengals, and the Jaguars. I'm putting my money on Jacksonville, going worst-to-first of all those teams. I like that, Adam. Let's close it off with one final voicemail about you. Hey, Adam. This is Adam from Denver, Colorado. Hmm. Um, You're pretty famous in these parts, so I was just wondering... If there's anything you miss about working and covering the Broncos here in Denver. Well, Adam, thank you very much for the kind words. And Denver has a piece of my soul. I love that place. And I left there back in 2006, February 2006, to move to New York. I really thought that I would be going back to Denver. It didn't happen that way. I met a woman from New York, married a woman from New York, families in New York. I stayed in New York, which is where I was from. But I loved Colorado, considered home. 
I miss the people out there. I miss Sushi Den, my place that I would eat at two times a week, three times a week. I love that place. I, I just miss the Colorado skies, the mountains, the people. I love that place, Adam, and um, I always will. And, you know, I'd like to get back there. Uh, but uh, I appreciate the question, and it's made me a little bit nostalgic. I'm not going to lie to you, Adam. But great question, great place, love it, consider it a second home. Just sorry I can't be there more often. Special city, no question about it. Thanks to everyone for the voicemails. We've gotten into a nice little groove here over the past couple weeks with the Ask Adam segment. We enjoy it. We're going to keep uh, keep it coming to you. Make sure you get involved by calling our voicemail hotline, 860-506-5779. Leave your question as well as your name, and the best ones will get on the show next week. Special thanks to all of you who called in questions on this week's show. Jonah, Matthew, Travis, Matt, Spencer, and Adam from Denver. And special thanks to everybody for tuning in to another Adam Schefter podcast. Please join us again next week as we'll be down in Jacksonville this week talking with the Jaguars, bringing you some of the best sound from our visit. Until then, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Adam Schefter Podcast.